Welcome to Business Energetics, the place where strategy meets energy. I am your host, Claudia King, and this is your entrepreneurship journey. In this podcast, you'll learn how to quantum leap in your business to get to your goals faster and easier. Welcome back to Business Energetics Podcast. And this week, I have the one, the only, Edwin Zapata. And this man, let me tell you about him. I came across some of his videos on TikTok, and he talked about how he went from being a construction worker to now being invested in different companies and having his own version of affiliate marketing and income streams. And I was so curious and his videos kept popping on my feed, kept popping on my feed. And if you guys are part of our IG audience, you might have seen that we did a recent collaboration on a reels, uh, which was taken from a IG live. And it was just so interesting. We have kind of the same mindset when it comes to success and everything. And he is, you guys, our first man on the podcast. So he's definitely breaking the ice and allowing masculine energy into our feminine world. So I'm very excited to present to you, Edwin. Let me share with you um, his background and his description so you get to know him a little bit more. He's a motivational speaker and dedicated mentor who puts success of others ahead of his own by finding that he measures his own success upon the achievement and growth of others, of those he mentors, It's no wonder why he's making such an impact. In the world we live in today, it has never been more important to focus on the people we interact with instead of just making the sale. So he has a no-nonsense approach and he gets straight to the point. Where most people try to teach traditional sales, Edwin shares fundamentals that takes you through the path of least resistance and teaches the importance of value instead of scripts and tricks. So refreshing. Welcome to the podcast, Edwin. How are you today? I'm doing amazing. Thank you for the introduction. Uh, you know what? I'm going to have to like keep you around more often because with an introduction like that, it's definitely good for my ego. So, so thank you for that awesome introduction. And I'm definitely humbled, um, to, to be the first man on, on the podcast. I'm definitely an advocate for women. Um, I will always say, especially if you're a single mom out there, uh, single mothers are like unsung heroes. My, my mom, raised my sister and myself as a single mother. So I got to see like energies and stuff out of her that I, there's no way that I could match that kind of stuff. So if you're a single mom out there listening, you have untapped potential, just saying. So I'm humbled to be here. Oh, I love that. I love your smooth introduction into here. And yes, single mamas are definitely our rock. I personally grew up with um, my mom because my dad passed away when I was young and then she met my stepfather. But I definitely relate to your story when it comes to um, having, you know, being being raised by a woman, a strong woman in your life. So I appreciate that. And I, I am curious because I want to know, take us on a journey of what is going on. So you start off, you're being raised by your mom and you're with your sister. And you come about life, you learn certain rules. We tell you, go to work, get a good job, graduate and then work, and then retire. What is your take on that? And what happened in your journey where you chose entrepreneurship? Okay, so that's a very, very, like, super loaded question. Uh, so I'll give kind of like, like, uh, I'll take everybody on a little bit of the journey, right? So, so there's no, like, misunderstandings or anything. So uh, both my parents came to Canada from Colombia, South America, uh, you know, whatever, they, they were married, everything's all fine and dandy. Life happens, things don't work out, they separate, whatever. So at, uh, I was like very, very young. It happens. It's all good. Uh, f- uh, my father was was in the picture for a while. Uh, he did the best that he could. They tried to stay together or whatever, and things didn't work out. He, They had their own fights. He left the country. He went to go start a new life in Colombia, and it is what it is. Uh, throughout my teens and adolescence is where, you know, we all go through the troublesome days and we get involved around some not so nice activities. 
Um, and I found myself in, in environments where I'm going to say it was full of not so nice people. And so the opportunities that were available to me were uh, far from legal. And so it, one, one thing that my grandfather said to me um, was, Edwin, if, if most of your friends are bad people, you must be a bad guy. And Ooh. I was a teenager and I thought, and, and I, I thought, I thought this guy's crazy, right? Like I thought, yeah, it's my grandfather. He's just like trying to be that older guy, giving me words of wisdom. He doesn't know who I'm actually hanging around. Like he doesn't go to my school or anything. So I just thought he was talking nonsense. It wasn't until years later after he passed away, he passed away like a, a few years ago, four, four years ago, five years ago, something like that. It wasn't until um, I started to reflect back and I realized he actually knew. It was clear how I carried myself, even though I was not a bad guy, just the way that you know I was basically uh, presenting things and carrying myself, he could just tell because he, the game isn't new. If If you're young out there, male, female, whatever, uh, and you think you're smarter than everybody, listen, the game is not new, okay? Uh, our parents, our parents' parents, our great-grandparents, like, it's just, the world is a little different, but the game is old, okay? So anyways, fast forward a little bit, and um, now I'm like 17, 18 years old, and I'm around all that stuff, and I'm doing that because we we grew up poor, so because it's just my mom, myself, and my sister, so I'm the eldest, Um I I felt that sense of responsibility of like the, the man of the house, right? I got to take care of my mom. Like, and now it's on my shoulders, but, um, but the opportunities that were available was like I said, not so legal. And I was doing it just to help uh, buy clothes, just to help buy some food. So I wasn't doing it to be cool. I was yeah, doing it because I needed it. It came from a pure heart of like helping your siblings, your, your family and being the man of the house. Yeah. It's like story. I'm I'm no like professional on the Bible, but I'm pretty sure there's a you know religious story of like stealing bread or whatever. So it's kind of the the same thing. I was doing these things not to like buy nice watches and buy playstations and stuff. It was I I don't we don't have money for clothes. There's no food in the fridge. We don't have money for toilet paper. So my sister would, and I would go to Burger King at the corner. Please don't sue me, Burger King. I love you. Uh, we would go there to steal rolls of toilet paper from their washroom just to have it at home. Oh right? I'd God, have that's my shoes. Uh, I, I wouldn't be able to afford um, winter boots in the wintertime. And for my fellow Canadians, you know what cold actually feels like. And for the people in Florida that take cold showers, that's not a cold shower. Just saying it. If it's, you know, so if you want to know what a cold shower is, come to Canada and turn on the cold tap. That's that's a cold shower. Just saying. Yeah. So we we couldn't we couldn't afford any of that stuff. And and uh, I remember having to walk to school to save a few dollars, and I would be using my shoes because I don't have winter boots. My shoes would get to the point where. They had holes in them and I would play a game with myself where I'd walk to school and I would basically see how long it would take for my toes to get numb. In other words, I'd lose all feeling in my toes. And based off of how long it took, I could tell you how cold it was with the wind chill within a degree or two. Like that's how good I got it's at like your sensing. superpower. It's like <laughs> yeah, developing like, psychic gifts through like hardship. <laughs> we have yeah. to have a, a laugh about it because I mean the things we do as humans at least we're funny creatures we play games with ourselves and we you know you, you gotta make it through like you make it through and then so you're in this moment right here you're like I'm just trying to go by I'm just trying to help this family out with the understanding that I have but I don't have like Ivy League people in my family I don't have mentorship in my family that knows how to get to the money so I see a quick win opportunity of making money and these people look like they know what they're doing and they can show me so you get enrolled in that and how do you get out of that so that's perfect because we're at that point in the story so like uh for for everybody I, I I share all this stuff in in this detail so that 
you you understand that life is full of like peaks and valleys, right? It's an emotional roller coaster. You're going to have up days and down days. You're going to have winters and summers throughout your entire life. It's never always going to be sunshines and rainbows. There's always going to be a storm. There's always going to be a night and there's always going to be a day. So like I, I share these things because it's all, it's also not like, oh my God, boohoo. L- look at Edwin, poor guy. There are people out there and some of them are here listening that your story is way worse. You're listening to my story. You're like, yeah, that's nothing. You wait till you hear my story. Mm-hmm. Right. But th- that's also part of the, the, the idea here is we want to hear your story. And I want you to know that, uh, your experience is your experience. So when, when I got to this point, now I'm like 17, 18 years old and I'm around these people. Um, you know, I'm, I'm like selling drugs at lunchtime because I had, I guess I had an entrepreneur mindset because they used to spend the half hour at lunch looking for somebody to buy things from. And I thought, Hey, I'm always with them, but I don't do drugs. So, well, I very, every so often, whatever, like we all experimented, like don't, don't lie people out there listening. So <laughs> this is an just, uncensored just, podcast. <laughs> so, so everyone's experimented in one way or another, uh, you know, obviously don't, don't get too wrapped up in things. Um, but uh, my mindset was, these people are wasting half an hour, an hour. They're skipping class to find someone to get whatever. And I thought, well, if I had it, I could save them time and I cut out the middleman. So like, I'll make the profit. And that was how I got into that. And th- this is where the pivotal mo- moment happened uh, to answer your question. I remember watching them do their things, you know, uh, into altered states of consciousness, drink, smoke, whatever. Interrupting this super cool episode because all of this business talk is just making me think about summer and it's making me want to just go outside and enjoy and just bask in the vastness of freedom. And if you're like me, you're a high achieving woman and you also want to keep making money during the summer months, but the beach is calling you, the traveling is calling you, and all of the beautiful things. So how do we find a way to have a hybrid summer, which is let's make a ton of cash, 10 to 20K months and more, but let's also enjoy our time here. So let me invite you personally to the hybrid mastermind that I'll be hosting in July. It's going to be an eight-week mastermind where we both will be working on our business together as high-achieving business women, but we're also going to find a way to automate and delegate and just make our business go on autopilot so that we can make money in our sleep, we can have some fun margaritas and zaikiris or just a mocktail while we keep having the money coming in and we can sell offers on repeat without all the stress and all of the burdens that it is. So if this is something that is interesting to you, DM me on Instagram at King. DM me the word summer and I'll be sending you all the info so you can live your best life this summer and make a ton of money. Okay, back to the show. They were doing, and I remember looking at them because I wasn't doing any of that. And I thought to myself, let's fast forward 10, 20 years from now. Um, where are these people going to be? And I don't know where this thought came from. Okay. Cause at this point I haven't even started my like, you know, reading audio books person. I have not, I, I don't know where this thought came from. It could have been from Tony Robbins when my mom would listen to it when I was a kid from like the Ooh, personal power that. cassette tapes. Uh, but the, the thought came into my mind and I thought, okay, there's three places. Most of these people are going to be 10, 20 years from now, dead in jail or living some type of life that I definitely do not want for my future family. So with these three options in front of me, I, I was reflecting. And I thought, well, if none of these appeal to me, then I'm in the wrong place. So I need to do something different. Find a new circle, find whatever. Uh, uh, and I basically just, from one day to the next, I just stop hanging around them. Nothing against any of them. It was just... I, I just had to make a new journey, a new path. That's so wild. Yeah. So I just started to like actually attend class, take classes at lunch. And then I got introduced, like fast forward a little bit. Then I got introduced to like, uh, to network marketing at the time when I was 18. And, and I went to like a, like a motivational 
event, whatever, they had like thousands of people. And that was the first time I saw millionaires. And that was like the transition period. Cause then I saw people that were making money legally. They had watches. These were actual millionaires. They didn't have the police after them. And they were basically role models that were respectable and them, like these people, wherever they're going in the future, that's where I want to go. So I don't know what they're doing, but I'm going to attach myself to them. Wow. That's such like a, a big moment, a pivotal moment, like you said, in your life, because to go from nothing to something and being like, you know what, I'm letting all of this go. When these people are around you, they're in your neighborhood, they're, they know you, they have access to you. It's like, wow, it's a very, very big decision that you made for yourself. And what would you say to past Edwin at that moment of choice? If you were that voice of reason, that from the understanding and the perspective that you are today, looking back at him when he has to make that decision, but hasn't come to the understanding yet, what would you tell him? You know what? That's a really good question. Um, I, I, which, which is funny because like I've always had scenarios to myself of thinking like, you know, if I could tell my younger self anything, I would say this or that. But for you to ask the question for that specific moment, that's actually a pretty deep question. Um, off the top of my head, if I had to think of something, it would probably be the words disappear. If, if I could say anything, I would say disappear. And what I mean by disappear is totally leave everything, everything behind the, the, whatever job I was doing at the time, the people that I was in communication with, I would say just disappear. Wow. That's powerful. I I got chills. (laughs) It sums it up. It sums it up. It's, it's a moment of reclamation of power. It's a moment of, we, we talk about like shifting timelines, identity, um, shifting, and things like that on this podcast. So it's definitely a moment where your life had like different branches and you picked the right one. And now what does lo- your life look like right now? It's it's honestly like night and day. Um, because again, from that pivotal time, if you were to look from there before, I didn't read. I could read. I just chose not to. I didn't see a point in reading. I'm just going to be upfront, right? I just didn't see a point in sitting down, opening a book and reading books because we were always made to read novels and stuff. And I I just thought and nothing against novels and stuff because I can see and appreciate that it has its place and stuff now. Um, I don't read them. I don't read novels, but I'm just saying. Um, but I just didn't see a point in sitting down when I can watch a TV show or a movie. So um, before that, I didn't read. And after going to that event and like seeing these millionaires and stuff, they all read. So I started to read. They started, they would listen to audios. You know, the podcasts really weren't a thing then. So I, was, I, I like bought audio discs and CDs and stuff like that. So I'd like listen to that. Um, I forgot what the question is because my mind just went like a mile a minute. What so, your life looks like question? right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. But it's good. You're, you're walking us towards that moment. Where it's like now you're at the version that maybe younger Edwin would look up to and being like, wow, I can't believe I became this man. Um, It looked like something so far away. But now I'm like, I'm this man and we do this. And so if somebody right now is listening to the, 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 oh my God, (laughs) Mercury is still retrograding. (laughs) But (laughs) yes, if somebody would listen to this podcast right now, looking at you and is wondering, can my life change that much? What would you say would be like their first steps towards this new life? So the the answer is yes, it, it can change that much and it can change beyond your expectations. So, so like, uh, again, I wasn't doing any of that stuff. And then now, like I have a book, not only do I read, but I also wrote a book my own yes. experience can you show right? us i know you have it with you right now i can see it through the screen <laughs> you you always got to be marketing uh so the t- author of the amazon best-selling book your next step new tools for financial abundance now so um so your life definitely can change 
And that that's why I guess I would say to my younger self, disappear. And and it ties back into basically like having a clean slate. Mm -hmm. So who you were yesterday uh, basically got you to today. But if you were to just totally wipe everything out and just start fresh, because like imagine if you got if you move to like Japan or some some other country that has nothing to do with anything in your life and you had to start from scratch, do you know how free you would be aside from like learning a new language? You'd have you'd have zero anchors, zero attachments, zero relationships, zero egos. You can totally be that personality because nobody there knows you. So you're mm -hmm. totally free. And if you take that same concept and you brought it into today, Yes, your life can change beyond your belief if you just let go of these attachments and anchors that you've been identifying with, but these are not you. Yeah, that's so important. So we've talked about a few concepts that are recurring in success, which is your circle and how you're the sum of the five people you're most surrounding with. So you change your circle, totally change your habits, which changed your interests, which changed who you are. Um, what would you say, you know, if somebody's attracted to quit money and it's like, well, it's easier for me to just go and make a bunch of cash and then, you know, go home and have that. Because I know your book covers a little bit of like financial freedom and what it looks like to be financially free. So what would be the first avenue somebody would go towards to have that first taste of financial freedom, which we all want? <laughs> So we, when I first got introduced to the concept of financial freedom and everybody starts in the same place. And what I mean by that is we all have the same, I'm going to say misconception of what that means. So we all think, I just want to be rich. I just want to make money so I don't have to do anything. And let me tell you, for those that have, have yet to have like to, to earn $5,000 in a month, 10,000 or plus, or be all stars like Claudia here, you know, with this <laughs> 20K. Uh, which she's well on her way to six figures. So um, if you haven't had that taste yet, it's understandable that you're thinking, I just need to make a lot of money because you you, do, you don't have a concept of what that means. And uh, financially free essentially just means, um, you know, that you have bills paid for, that you basically have more breathing room or more freedom. Doesn't mean you have to quit your job. But you have more freedom to 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 do things as you wish. So for the for that person that's looking to start on that journey, instead of you looking for the fastest thing, the get rich quick, which doesn't exist mm -hmm. by the way, the what stock should I put my money into? Or if you're getting all excited with crypto, what crypto should I buy? <laughs> what was the next meme going? <laughs> Yeah, well, stay away from those. Uh, those are like gambling, which is fine. I've had some success with those $200 to like 15,000. You get lucky, Ooh. but you have to be, you have to be, that doesn't make me an expert or pro. Like, let me just put that out there. Yeah. It just means that it's like playing the lottery, right? But I, but what you don't see is all the other cryptos where I put 200 in each. So it's like playing roulette. Yeah. One of them hits or they could all fail. Are you Is in it? a position to be putting $200 each with 5,000 to play with? If not, stay away. Uh, so if you're in a position where you're looking for that taste of freedom, taste of financial, uh, you know, fi financial, uh, whatever the word is I'm looking for here, some freedom some or room to play with. expansion yeah. or expansion. That's the word I'm looking for. Some more financial expansion. Um, don't rush it. Like, don't look for that quick, whatever shortcut that's not there. If you don't have extra money to play with, um, and this is not uh, in any way uh, a plug towards myself, buy books if you need to. Go listen to audios. Listen, you don't have any money. YouTube. There's You have podcasts like this. You have other podcasts you can listen to. You can download a bunch of free books. It's just about filling your cup and having a different conversation, tying it back to me changing my environment. It was no different because on the one scene, I'm around people that are, you know, looking for quick ways to make money, which doesn't go anywhere. 
And so I change my environment. In other words, change the conversations, change what I'm listening to, change what I'm seeing. And therefore, I start growing and seeing different opportunities. Mm-hmm. If I tell you, you know, look for a red Honda Civic, start stepping outside, watch in the next few days for whoever listen and watch this, you're going to start seeing red Honda Civics, but they were always there. Mm-hmm. It's just now that you're aware of it. So if you start changing your conversation, you can have a better taste of financial freedom. Just just don't rush it. That, that's really the message I want to get at. Find something that you like. You're going to screw up a bunch of things. You're going to have growing pains. You're going to lose some money along the way. There's going to be some courses that are good, some courses that are bad, some yeah. that it's your fault that they didn't work, some that aren't your fault. And you're going to have to go through that. Embrace it. Because on, on the last note of that, um, it, I find it funny when people say, listen, I want to invest, but I don't want to lose any money. It's like, well, then you should just stay home because that's not how it works, right? Even yourself. How are you going to grow? How are you going to get into a relationship unless you're willing to be vulnerable and potentially get hurt, potentially have your heart broken, potentially be betrayed? We don't mm-hmm. want any of those things, but no. you have to put anything worth risking you're going to have to do it. Yes. So what's your, your relationship with risk? Are you more of somebody who's like, Hey, I see something that I want. I go a hundred percent in. Are you like an analyzer? What would you say is your risk archetype? Um, so as, as I'm getting older, I've learned to kind of chill out when it comes to risk but but okay. i i but i will say I, i've had no problem being risky and i would say that being risky has helped me have a much broader experience in life has helped me um you know learn what i like and don't like and has helped me become way more detached from material things and outcomes Because there's been situations where like, okay, let's put $5,000 here. And remember, this is somebody that grew up like on welfare and stuff. So that's like five months rent and food. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's still a lot of money. I don't care, you know, how much you make $5,000 is still quite a bit of money. So, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to do that risk and be detached from it, I'd say I'm, I'm, I'm a high have been a high risk guy, but now I'm starting to become more medium risk. Okay. I love that because that shows that, you know, your risk tolerance is going to grow over time or it's going to shrink over time. And you're going to be more calculated about taking certain action steps. And it might look different for you than it does for Edwin or me. And I want to know how also, because I know that you lead a team you lead a team of people that follow your journey that you're you get to mentor and everything and how is it to go from leading yourself to now having to lead others into their success how was that transition for you so that transition was not the easiest and i say that because coming from a construction background and I, I, you know what, this reminds me of the, the interview you did with the, with the Snapchat lady and the Reddit lady. Michelle. Cause she was talking, she was talking about, um, what was it? It was was about if you want to like lead that, that team or your people, you have to show up for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I actually uh, wrote down notes. I was at the gym listening to it and then I took down notes from that podcast. So that's why it like stands out. Uh, so I would have to relate it to that. Because when I was a foreman in construction and I had a team of like 40 guys that I had to look after personally, there were days where there were days where I'd wake up, wake up four or 5 a.m. because I got to be there before everybody else. And whether I was sick, whether I was tired, whether I was exhausted, hungry, lazy, injured, sore from the gym, I got to show up Mm. because uh, because we were the general contractor. I like if I don't show up. All of the trades will feel it. Not just my team, not just the, the supers in the office, whatever. Everybody can feel that I'm not there. So that's a huge wow. accountability. So to answer mm-hmm. your question, transitioning over into like the digital space and now leading a team, like not construction wise, it's not easy because 
it's it's easy to have it in the workplace because there's an office there, there's a job site there, there's a a boss that you have to answer to, there's a boss's boss and a boss's boss's boss, general managers, regional managers, whatever, superintendents, whatever. So that's all there. And I'm going to call those safety nets because you know that somebody's there to kick your butt if they need to. But in this space, it's all on you and Mm -hmm. your boss is you and your boss's boss is you and your boss's boss's boss is you. So your chances are at the beginning, you are your worst employee and you'd probably be ready to fire yourself if you could. Uh, So to have to pick up the slack, pull up your socks and find a way to to lead yourself and then lead others around the world internationally, digitally, whatever, yes. sometimes in person, um, in a different space that's not a traditional setting, like not a traditional job. Yeah. Nothing against nine to fives. It's it's hard to do that transition, but it's definitely it's definitely worth it. Um, but it, it was not it's not an easy shift. That's your question. I love what you're saying because it really shows how to go from like an employee mentality to being your own boss, basically. It's like, like you said, there's no one above you. Nobody's going to tell you if you had a good day, a bad day, uh, if your results weren't showing up like they should because you said the rules. So I'm interested in touching a little bit on the digital space because as we came out of this whole three years of COVID and all the things, we have this weird transitional aspect where it's like some people are for going to work, some people are against, and some are for hybrid. So with you who leads people online, people sometimes you may have never met in person, how do you adapt your leadership style to leading them with the same level of conviction as if they were next to you in an office when they don't owe you anything because they're not your employee, <laughs> if that makes sense. So uh, for that one, for the people that, that I work with and lead, you're, you're going to have to learn how to be okay unapologetically uh, pressing on people's pain points, especially when it's virtual. And in my own opinion, I think that we're going to see a lot more businesses go back to like office settings because even I myself, as like nice as convenient as, you know, having my bed near my, my desk and whatever in whatever close proximity, I can even say myself, I would, and I, I don't like offices because coming from construction, whatever, I'm still programmed. Like I don't like offices, but even I can say I'd rather have. A somewhere to go to where I know when I'm there, I must work. There's no Ooh, like, let me wash the dishes. Let me start cooking. You know what? This is a good time to go start the laundry. Just those little uh, like spillage of yes. activities is so detrimental to your productivity. And you don't realize it. you think you're being productive, but you're actually like screwing things up. So I think we're going to see more of like going back to the office in some way. But to answer your question of, of uh, leading people, because of all of that that I just mentioned, if I know that if I'm self-aware for myself, for someone that's new entering this space and they're looking to me to lead them, they're they're not self-aware of everything that I just mentioned, even if I tell it to them. Mm. They're, they're still thinking like, I'm the boss, I'm whatever, I'm doing this part-time. They don't have that level of, of uh, commitment yet and they don't see how much they're losing by not doing the activities. So when you learn what their pain points are, you better like throw some salt in the wound and be ready to press your thumb in those wounds. So you're more of the stick than the carrot type of. Yep, absolutely. And I'll hit you with this, with the stick and the carrot, because you need that reminder, you know, uh, going back to, to mothers, single parents, whatever people that have, uh, you know, sick families, it's like, like, do you, do you want to be away from your kid or not? Like, do you want to uh, mm. get custody back or not? Like, do you want to go back to that miserable nine to five? Again, I'm not hating on nine to fives. It's just people that yeah. dislike their certain job. Do you want to be able, like, do you want to continue to not pay your bills? Do you want to struggle again? Do you want to remain in overdraft or not? Because this is why, like, you got to show up. So I'm going to be pressing on it, but it, mm. it's tough love. Would you say, like, because I know humans, we have a weird relationship with pain where it's like, 
you know, when you look at the news, it's always negative because that's what tends to attract our attention more when it's something to avoid instead of something to going towards. So would you say like pain is the defining factor in human growth? I I definitely think pain is necessary in all of our lives. Uh, if you look at nature, without pain, without turbulence, you will never have roses, you will never have trees. If you want an excellent harvest in a garden, you need stormy days and you need turbulence. Try to grow a tomato plant indoors with no wind. Good luck. Really? I've never tried, so I don't know how that would go, but yeah. It, it, like If you compare the two, uh, a tomato plant that has plenty of wind and others building strength and resistance on that stem mm-hmm. versus the that has zero wind, it's like a muscle. It never needs to like flex itself and build some type of resistance. So the one that grows a thicker stem is able to shoot up more vitamins, therefore yield a larger harvest. Mm. That's why the trees that get so large are the ones that have like the windiest areas and stuff because they've learned to like grow like a like a muscle and they're yes. like they have the deepest roots and and it's the same thing. So take that into your own life. Imagine someone that has never experienced any hardships, that has had nothing but success in their life etc 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 sounds good but you're probably the weakest person out there and i would never Ooh. do business with you that's, that's a business energetics exclusive right there <laughs> <laughs> that's a super gem <laughs> that that's intense oh my god i we're, we're touching like a very it's a conversation i've never heard before which is like pain tolerance as a decision factor in business relationships. This is huge. So you would look for the person that has been struggling um, and been through hardships more than the person that has it soft to do business relationships with. Okay. Which is also different from abuse. So uh, just so that people don't get it mixed up because I want to put it out there. No, no, no. And and I want to say it, I'll boldly say it Mm -hmm. because like I I coach a lot of women and stuff too. And, you know, hear stories and stuff and I'm, and I'm not for like abuse and stuff. So Mm -hmm. uh, I want to make it clear because I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea and think like, Oh no, he said like I have to deal with this. Listen, abuse Mm, is not different. That's, that's just, that's criminal. (laughs) That's just, yeah. You can take the experience you had from abuse and re-channel that as part of your growth and your development, and that'll make you stronger. But by by no means is it acceptable for you to remain in an abusive environment. A tough environment is one thing. Yeah, it's different from abuse. Get away. Yeah, Yeah. no, we don't condone violence or mistreating others or anything that goes other um above somebody's boundaries but it's more yeah. i understand what you're saying it's more about if you have been through challenges and you were able to overcome and grow from these challenges and not let them overpower who you are then you have grown stronger a little bit like bodybuilding like i'm a bodybuilder so yeah. i have to tear down the muscle to rebuild it stronger it's the only way if I don't lift enough weights, it's not going to create the tear and it's not going to regrow stronger. So it's about, are you able, we're talking about risk. Are you able to go through, it could be like risky situations, calculated risk. Are you able to overcome some challenges? Are you able to stand in your ground when you're faced with opposition, you know, so yeah, I it's important that you you touch base and we reiterated this, but I understand what you're saying and it's so it's so intriguing. So how would you go about um for for example, you're investing in a new business and you're like, "Hey, this could potentially be the the business partners and everything." How would you go about figuring out somebody's um strength of character? Is it through their personal life experience or is it through um, their posture? 
I I would say, um, for for myself, one thing that's a, a telling story, especially like when when I meet another uh, another man, the the handshake is a dead giveaway to me Ooh, from the beginning. The tea. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Like I'm I'm just saying, if it's like a weak handshake, they're just like touching my fingers. I'm already questioning them. Like the, right the, off the fish. Bat. Um handshake yeah like like they're like like i'm the queen and they're like whatever it's like right away that's a dead tell and and i don't i like i'll still kind of keep a extra eye if it's a lady that doesn't give me a proper handshake uh but i'll be a bit more lenient with the ladies because you know hey just the way i see it ladies should be treated more delicately so i'm not going to give them the same uh judgment in that arena as I okay. would a male, because I would look at like the handshake as more like whatever. I'm not saying I don't shake ladies' hands. I'm just saying I, I is, I'm just going to measure them differently. Is what I'm saying. Um, that would be one that right off the bat. Two, eye contact. If you can't look at me when you're talking, you're looking everywhere else. Like I'm, I'm very observant to like my surroundings. So like I'm always looking around at different things. It's just I guess survival, whatever. Um, but if we're having a conversation. And you can't keep maintain eye contact. I'm already questioning, like, why can't you look at me? Mm, I get it. Right. So, so like all these like subtle features. So it's all physical. So we we say that 75 to 80 percent of conversations are nonverbal. So that would be like a, a big tell sign of, you know, if you guys want to work on posture, handshakes, um, eye gazing or what is it called eye contact eye gazing it sounds like stargazing <laughs> no, no, uh, <laughs> i am french no, no, but, you guys but, i am french no, but that's important <laughs> uh, no, hold on Let, let's let's call it eye gazing for a second uh a good friend of mine isaac taught me this years ago um and he's in miami by the way limo limo service so go check him out shout out luxury connections there you go right you gotta plug your friends um so he he taught me when you're speaking to somebody, stare into their left eye. Ooh, and I asked him why. Their left eye. Okay. I'm like, why the left eye? Yeah, why? And he said, because it's like staring into their soul. Ooh. And when he when he taught me this in like 2013, 2014, I can't do anything but that. And I've been told that sometimes my stare is too strong, sometimes it's too creepy, sometimes they're unsure, they can't read me because I'm because I'm looking dead into their into their soul. Tie it back into the the question you asked. Aside from, you know, the eye contact and the handshake, I, I would consider myself a very spiritual person, and I read people's energies. Okay, are Whether you like you a Capricorn or, or a Virgo? Um, close. I'm a Leo. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. No, because I know that Virgos, I think it's Virgos and Scorpio are known for like the stare, like. <laughs> Just like the dead ass, I am looking into your soul stare. So that's why I'm asking because we're talking about staring. But yeah, Leo makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. But you were saying you're you're spiritual. <laughs> yeah. So so um, aside from the stare and stuff, combine it all with your. I'm just gonna say your intuition, your gut feeling, mm-hmm. right? Um, women have this as a second as a second nature. So ladies, never never second guess that feeling you get, that sense you get, something's off. It takes guys time to figure that out because you're going to have to, listen, fellas, you're going to have to tap into some aspect of your feminine energy. You're going to have to learn how to like broaden both sides. That doesn't mean that I'm feminine. No. I'm very, very confident and comfortable in my masculine. I'm a masculine male, no problem. But I have, I'm so confident and myself that I have no problem reaching into feminine aspects. Mm. I was raised by my mom and, and my sister. All of our pets growing up were females as well. I don't, for whatever reason, it just worked out that way. Shout out to so, the pets. Yeah. <laughs> shout out. Uh, so, so combina- in combination with all of that, that, that sense, if something's mm-hmm. off energetically about you, mm-hmm. there's doesn't matter what you say. doesn't matter what's on paper. Um, I'm, I've, Learned to not second guess that. If something's off about you, something just doesn't smell right. Mm. Um, I'm definitely going to be watching. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and I love how you you went into energies. And when we use masculine and feminine, it's more like your yin and your yang, 
or your conscious, your subconscious. So it has many definitions where it's not just like female or male based. So I like that there's a whole spectrum of this. Um, as you mentioned, that it's like business relationships are more than just does the business make sense on paper? And do you have the requisite, you know, give me your CV so that I look at your qualifications. It's like, it's about the handshake. It's about the eye contact. It's about the intuition. It's about the energy. Um, It's about what feels right. So I love that so much. And I could talk about that with you like for hours, but I'm sure people are going to want to dive deeper into your world. And a good way to do that would probably be your book, right? For sure. That would definitely be a good place to start. So you could definitely find it on Amazon, Your Next Step, New Tools for Financial Abundance Now, Edwin Zapata. Yes. And you said best-selling Amazon. So you guys want to keep that ranking up. Um, I saw it's a pretty easy read. It looks like um, not too much pages, but at the same time, concise and um, focused on the right things. So if you guys want a quick read, it's a quick win, especially summertime. We don't want to be getting into big books and stuff like that. We want something to bring to the beach. We want something that's an easy read on the plane. So I think that people should definitely check it out. We will link all of that in the show notes. Um, I'm so excited. Tell me, Edwin, what is next for you? What is next would have to be, uh, I'm going to tie it back into the conversation you and I had on the live, which I'll give the the thank you to you for, for encouraging me to raise my own bar. Um, and I'm going to tie it back this way because I don't want to make it just material. Um, material things don't matter at the end of the day. So I'm going to say the 50K months for me is what's next. But the reason why I'm pointing that out is because that that will mean that I will be impacting more people. So mm-hmm. it's not about the 50K. It's just about uh, being on more stages, reaching more people, and literally changing more lives. I would say that's what's next. I love that. And yes, it's a concept that's hard to understand when you haven't hit that, you know, these 10, 20, 30K months. It's hard to understand that the money represents something else than monetary value. It represents, like you said, the impact. It represents the reach, the expansion, uh, going from local to national to international. So it represents the reach that you have. And of course, like we're going to keep you accountable to this. And I hope that we're going to get, you know, another interview when you hit those levels and we're like, hey, remember when? Check out episode X and then... (laughs) And then we'll be able to look look back at that. And I love that. And so you're talking about hitting those 50K months. What does that look like for you um, in terms of stage presence or many lives changed? I, I, you know what? Honest answer. I don't know how to answer you right now. Because, and and, uh, and I'm going to say it freshly like that because I want, people listening to know that you don't always have to have the answer. I love that. This, th- that conversation with Claudia and I on that live, you can go check it out. It's on both of our pages. Um, it, it literally just happened like two days ago. So I have yet to sit down with myself and draw up what that would look like. So I don't even have an answer for myself. And all of you listening need to know that if you don't have the answer yet, just take the time and write it out. So I, I don't have the answer for you just yet. And I want to thank you for your honesty. I am putting Edwin on the spot. You, you guys, you got to give him a hand if you're listening. I don't know, clap in the air in your shower, in your car. I don't know. <laughs> but let us feel the energy. And if you want, leave him a comment on like a review or just cheering him on. Because these podcasts, you guys, are really free-flowing conversations. I do not send the questions in advance. And I have been asking some pretty profound stuff. So you got to be quick on your toes and Edwin definitely was. So I want to say thank you for playing along because, you know, sometimes the best answers also come from being in the moment because sometimes we set ourselves into analysis paralysis and we kind of don't let ourselves go there until we're ready. So the fact that you are allowing yourself to go through this journey of reaching those heights 
and to embodying what that looks like for you in your world, I want to applaud you. And I want to encourage everybody who has a goal that feels like even saying it out loud seems impossible. And this is exactly what happened to me when I hit those 20K months. I said it out loud and it felt like something that was crazy. Like, who am I to even say those words? But this is how you know you're already on the path. It's when you have the belief and you have the energy and you have the guts to set goals that feel fearful only to just vocalize, you know you're on the right path because you had the energy and the daringness to do so. So I want to applaud you for that. And I want to know, Edwin, how can people find you online if they want to connect with you and, you know, enter your world? So uh, first off, thank you for that. Um, and for those that are out there and you're afraid of analysis paralysis, just put yourself out there because like like she mentioned, this all started off just coming across each other on TikTok, then alive, and then here we are. So before you know it, you know, you're you're gonna be out there and you're gonna meet your person that you interact with and it's just gonna go your way. Uh so how people can find me is Instagram. Uh, you can find me, it's Edwin, E-D-W-I-N, D Zapata, Z-A-P-A-T-A. I only have one account, so stay away from fakes. You know, yes, we have mentorship programs and whatever, but, you know, talk to me first. Don't be sending money to scammers, please, please. Like, I don't want anyone to fall for that stuff. Uh, you can also find me on TikTok with I, I am, so I am, I'm Edwin Zapata. That's my new account because my other one has some like issues. So that's how you can find me. Love it. So thank you so much, Edwin, for, you know, sharing your journey, sharing your unfair advantage, sharing your knowledge and helping the audience, whether they are at the beginning of where you are on your journey or where you are today to find themselves. And thank you for voicing what your thoughts were at this point and how you are thinking today, because that can certainly trigger um, an evolution in somebody's lives. So thank you so much, you guys. I am wishing you a great week and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Business Energetics. Take a screenshot of the part you like best and tag me on Insta. I'll see you in the next one.